Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast made by fans like you, for fans like you. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. I am your host, Joe Kuzma, and it's Ravens week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the preview of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens happening in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium this upcoming Sunday. And it's, as I mentioned in the last episode, looks like an uphill battle. A lot of things a lot of things on paper that don't look good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They entered the week as a three-point uh, underdog to the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of people weren't sure if Ben Roethlisberger or Landry Jones is going to make the start. Piers Ben has been practicing, uh, according to KDK. A news out of Pittsburgh, they have indicated that Ben will start on Sunday. If that be the case, and I had mentioned that Ben has had his woes. The Steelers have had their woes as of late. Uh, they haven't beaten the Ravens since November 11th or, or November 2nd of 2014. They haven't won in Baltimore since December 2nd of 2012. And Ben Roethlisberger has not won in Baltimore since December 5th, 2010. It's a long drought of not beating the Ravens and not beating the Ravens at Baltimore, and I believe it's going to come to an end this Sunday. And I'm not just, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke here. Steelers had a bye. Steelers are getting healthy. Baltimore Ravens also attempting to get healthy. We'll cover that in a second. But last three times the Steelers have played the Baltimore Ravens. They have lost the last three times they have played the Baltimore Ravens. They have not had one of the following on the field. Either Ben Roethlisberger or Le'Veon Bell. You go back to the playoff game that was played in Heinz Field two seasons ago. Steelers had to sign Ben Tate off of, out of nowhere's land. He was playing for Cleveland. Hasn't been in the league since, to my knowledge, anyway. Was just absolutely terrible. No Le'Veon Bell in that game. Huge, huge, huge difference. No Le'Veon Bell in the last game as well that they dropped by three points in Baltimore. And no Le'Veon Bell, or I'm sorry, a Le'Veon Bell, but no Ben Roethlisberger. When they lost at home, they had Michael Vick last year. Probably should have won that game and lost an OT. So these games have been close. Now they lost 30-17 to at home. A little bit of a swing here and there. And Ben even got knocked out of that game and then threw a pick, if you, if you happen to recall there, too. The last time they had all three of these guys together, Roethlisberger goes for 340 yards, and six touchdowns. Yeah, that's at Heinz Field. And then prior to that, there were some losses. There was the Thanksgiving Day loss with the infamous Mike Tomlin nearly getting in the way of Jacoby Jones deal. And we had some bad games in Baltimore. Do you know what? I don't think this is a good Baltimore Ravens football team to begin with. I know the numbers don't dictate that this may still be a rivalry, but the Ravens have had the luxury of playing a lot of backup QBs against the Steelers, and Ben still has a winning record against Baltimore. What did I say? Nine and six, something like that. So I have some predictions to make. I made some bold predictions over on SteelCityUnderground.com. I know we're going on the road. Mike Tomlin has not been strong against sub-500 teams, losing teams. None of that matters because you're going to have the killer bees together. And I think Lev Bell 
goes for under, over 150 all-purpose yards. He may even go for 200. I didn't want to go that bold, but 150 is the baseline. This is a division game. These are usually tight games. We're going to see if the Steelers get it together. Hadn't been particularly strong on offense or defense. But then again, neither have the Ravens. Ravens have been giving up big plays on defense. And the Ravens fired their offensive coordinator, Mark Tressman. How many coordinators has Joe Flacco had over the last four or five years? I think he's had one in every single year. You go back, they they fired Cameron Clear the one year. Or not Cameron Clear, Cameron, no, geez. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Cameron Clear was a tight end, I'm sorry. Who got in trouble? Former Steeler. <laughs> Barely a Steeler practice squad guy. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Cam Cameron, that was his name the former offensive coordinator there. Mark Tressman just fired. Gary Kubiak left and took the Denver job. They're changing guys out all the time. And we see what kind of effect that has. I think that's the effect that's happening in Cincinnati right now. You can only change coordinators so much, change systems so often. These guys were just getting used to one system, and now they're changing it again and changing it again and changing it again. I think that's going to have an effect. They literally have a bye week to get this together. He had two practices, just like the Steelers did on that bye week. That's according to the CBA. You can't do any more than that. And then they go through the normal practice week this week and try and install a system. I think we're going to see a Baltimore Ravens team that's going to look a lot like the Pittsburgh Steelers team that you saw when Michael Vick was leading that group because Michael Vick wasn't entrenched in the system very well. And he's a veteran quarterback, but you're only going to be able to do so much. Everyone has to get on the same page. And with these players having been hurt, too, Steve Smith Sr. going to be coming back for this game more than likely, you tend to think this might be this may be difficult for the Baltimore Ravens for themselves. They have one thing going for them, and that's that they're playing at home and they've had the Steelers' number. Don't let that get to your head because, like I said, the last time you get all the killer bees together, Ben torched him. And on this injury, let's talk about the injury report. Cody Wallace is the only guy officially ruled out. It's nice to not have seven, eight, nine players ruled out before you even head into the weekend. We do have some questionable players. D'Angelo Williams with his knee. Ben Roethlisberger also listed questionable with his knee. William Gay with his foot. So there's no more probable and then they're definitely not listed as doubtful. So they're limited in practice. But uh, apparently, William Gates said uh, it was not injury-related as to why he didn't practice on Friday. And Artie Burns confirms that Gay will play. A lot to be made that Artie Burns is starting in his first game, but this is a personnel grouping-type deal. Sean Davis is kind of reverted from that whole corner extra safety thing that the Steelers were doing, especially now Rob Golden is back to full strength as well. So Sean Davis is his backup now, and it looks like Artie Burns is going to be playing on the outside, Ross Cockrell on the other side. So they're technically the starters, quotes in the air, because the Steelers, 60% or so of the time, aren't in their base 3-4 defense to begin with. They barely play it anymore. Part of the problem with rushing the quarterback and trying to get to the passer, getting those sacks. They only have eight on a year. It's the worst in the NFL. I think we're going to see a change. This I think we're going to see that change this week. 
Cam Hayward being back is huge. Ryan Shazier also healthy, huge. So who's your liability here? Really, it's only Artie Burns. And I'm not going to give Steve Smith or, well, Steve Smith, I think, I give more credit, but he's he's hampered by injury. We don't know. We really don't know what's going to go on with him. Uh, but Mike Wallace, <laughs> I don't like giving Mike Wallace any type of credit whatsoever. Now, Tomlin's going to say, hey, he's doing a lot of things that he wasn't doing before and all these other things, and I just, I don't know. I'm not necessarily going to buy that. I'm not going to buy that he's, a lot of people say the one-trick pony. I think he's a one-trick pony. I said the other day in an article, I like Darius Hayward Bay a lot more than I like Mike Wallace. I said I would take Darius Hayward Bay every day of the week and twice on Sunday over Mike Wallace. They have the same amount of touchdowns. Darius Hayward Bay has about 80% less touches on the football. So Darius Hayward Bay is scoring. Mike Wallace is scoring, but not as much. I don't know. Joe Flacco, I said in my predictions too, they love to throw this ball down the field, throw up a prayer, jump ball if you're a loose ball drill, basketball guy like me, just lob it down, down the court. Doesn't matter if it's catchable or not. They're going to hope that maybe they could play on the inexperience of Artie Burns or on a young guy even like Ross Cockrell and hope that they commit a penalty. Quotations, fingers up in the air again. Baltimore Ravens were the best at doing this for like five seasons, no matter how many offensive coordinators they had. Flacco has an arm. He could throw down the field. I don't know that he's as accurate as Big Ben throwing down the field. I did dare say that. I don't think so. I think it's just that they know they could draw a penalty and they could just move, march down the field. However they win, it doesn't matter. We've seen that. We saw that in the Super Bowl when they played San Francisco. The two Harbaugh's try to outsmart each other. They don't care how they do it. Take the ball, run to the back of the end zone, blah, blah, blah. They they don't care. They really don't care. Just as long as they get that W. Doesn't matter how ugly it is. You see Belichick do the same stuff. Any way you can find your way around the rules, they'll attempt it. So, we're going to see. I don't know what's going on with D'Angelo Williams. Last time the Steelers played the Ravens, D'Angelo went for 100 rushing. I think you could still run on the Ravens. I think Lev Bell is a special talent. I think having Sammy Coates back now, said he'll wear a glove on his hand, but he's back to full health too. I think that's huge. And we're going to have to wait and see if the Steelers make a roster move and decide to place Ladarius Green on this roster and have him active for this week. I'm not counting on that. It was in my bold predictions that he would score a touchdown if he's active. I'm going to stand by that, but I'm not counting on him playing. If he's active, I guarantee you there are some plays, there's something in the game plan for him because they won't just activate him just for the sake of activating him. This is not that type of game. you got to go into Baltimore on the road, and you have to win and maintain that lead in the AFC North. You need that head-to-head with your division opponents and a conference opponent. You definitely need to win within your division for sure. And I think this team needs confidence on the road, and it'll be huge. This will be a nice big game. Everybody could stay healthy, particularly Ben. I think Ben said he was still in pain earlier this week. I think he's still going to be in a little bit of pain. This guy plays through all kinds of stuff. Hadn't been necessarily the sharpest, but has had a, had a great year to this point. I think he's still eighth in touchdowns despite missing a game. 
and this Baltimore Ravens defense can be scored on. The Steelers can be scored on too, but they've shown flashes of not giving up points. And we all know that the Ravens have a field goal kicker that can hit it from wherever in that stadium. I wouldn't put it past this guy to maybe even nail 55-plus in this game. But they may have to march him out there four or five times. I don't think Terrence West is a threat. The Steelers had been exposed previously with running the football, and I think a lot of that was Cam Hayward. We're going to see if we're right. We're going to have Shazier out there as well. C.J. Mosley may not play in this game. We see Elvis Elvis Doomerville will be out. That's a huge blow to them. Terrell Suggs is getting up there in age as well. He's still a force, but he's also banged up. Crockett Gilmore is out. So that's one less tight end that the Steelers have to contend with. Not that I think he is that high up on the depth chart. So Dennis Pitta among uh, who's the other guy that got Max Williams. I can still do some damage. Tight ends always do damage to the Steelers' D. And like I mentioned, the deep threat. But running the football, I think a lot of that had to do with Cam Hayward. I think a lot of that had to do with the Miami Dolphins having a solid offensive line and getting all their guys back together. We've seen what they've done the last couple games. That Jay Ajayi didn't just do it to the Steelers, so I don't think it's all panic mode there. Now let me tell you, they didn't necessarily stop LeGarrette Blunt, but game plan changes when you're up two scores like the New England Patriots. They're going to play smart and do whatever they can to win. And they're playing a chess match, like I said, trying to get Lawrence Timmons on and off the field so they could either run or pass. You're going to take advantage of your opponent's weakness. And part of our weakness, we were getting pressure on Brady. Now, the Patriots, maybe not the best offensive line either. I'm not going to say the Baltimore Ravens have a better quarterback or a better offensive line or better weapons around the field. They don't have Gronk. they got some guys that catch some passes like Edelman or Amendola. I don't necessarily know. Maybe Steve Smith's in that category. I don't know that Mike Wallace is that route runner like that. I do think there is some advantages here for the Pittsburgh Steelers that they can take advantage of. And we'll see... We're going to see just what happens if they can turn this around. I do think they could get three or four sacks. The last time these two teams met up, they only got one. The previous time when Vic was there as the starter, they got five sacks in that game. That game went to overtime. I can't recall if any of those sacks occurred in overtime. I didn't go dig that deep, but just looking at the box scores, they were able to get the the Flacco and Sacco. Put out this little image on Instagram, Seek and Destroy with James Harrison, all-time leader in sacks against the Baltimore Ravens, at least from the Steelers' perspective, the all-time leading Steeler and sacking Ravens quarterbacks. Let's see what he could do this week, too. We're close around the corner from getting Bud Dupree back. I think that's going to help this defense, too. But can't count on that for this Sunday, folks. I do think, I do think that Pittsburgh – We'll win this game. I think, will it be a, a handed, a handily, like, blow? it's not going to be a blowout. Will it be two scores? Possibly. I could see it being like a six-point game. I could see it being a three-point game. I don't want to feel too nervous about this. What I really want to think is, is that the Steelers, maybe they have an edge, 12, 14, 16 points, fourth quarter, and there's some garbage time stuff that goes around, and they win this eight to ten points. That would be very nice. A lot of people calling this a lot closer. Vegas usually isn't wrong with the three-point swing as well. I don't think they gave this game anything more than maybe 45 points. So you're looking at 20-something for each team, handful of scores. 
They usually don't get it wrong in Vegas. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think the Steelers get to the quarterback this week. I think they're capable of making Joe Flacco make some mistakes as well. Joe Flacco has not had a particularly good year this year. So what you're going to see is Flacco, only five touchdowns, thrown six picks, 61.4% completion rate, quarterback rating on a year 75.4. He's had a handful of up-and-down games himself. You take a look at the games that they have played where he's thrown interceptions, two against Cleveland, two against Jacksonville, two against the Jets. Ladies and gentlemen, these are not good defenses that he's had bad games against. That's why I'm not pulling things out of my rear end thinking the Steelers' defense can exploit and take advantage of this and carry some momentum into the following week. Now, I don't think anyone's looking ahead to the Dallas Cowboys, so I don't think anyone's thinking that the Ravens is a trap game. I think they're going to be more than prepared, week off, healed up, ready to go, and attack and win a big game here in the AFC North. Hope everyone else feels the same way too. I know we're all nervously optimistic because we have seen different things from this team all year long. We started in Washington with Eli Rogers and some hype on that. And D'Angelo Williams was the starter for two games. And then Le'Veon Bell comes back. And we saw an epic collapse with that whole ordeal in Philadelphia and going on the road. And then we didn't know what to think when they were coming back and they were going to have to play the Chiefs and the Jets. And then even the Jets game was somewhat close. And you see the Steelers just break both of those games open and then drop one in Miami. And then a heartbreaker, really, against the New England Patriots, though. We all thought that was going to be a difficult game. It was a winnable game, even without Ben Roethlisberger, even without Cam Hayward, without Sammy Coates, without Marcus Wheaton. You're playing with, like, Kobe Hamilton out there. Even Antonio Brown came off the field at times. Haven't had Marcus Gilbert, your right tackle, out there. This is going to be big. This is going... To, to coin one of the presidential candidates, this is going to be huge. A big win for the Steelers coming up. I think this is going to be the one that really turns it around. Mike Tomlin, usually successful in November. These teams get better as they go on. We've heard some of the coaches in the NFL say that September is basically an extension of training camp. I think they have worked all the bugs out. And if I could say it one more time, I'm predicting a Steelers victory on Sunday. Even on the road, even against the sub-500 team, division opponent that's had their number, had Ben's number, had everyone's number, Mike Tomlin's number. This is the time, and the time is now. They're going to turn the corner on their way, headed for seven. Until next time, folks, be safe, be good, and I'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. There's a time and a place for black and white. 
Like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Verge Cast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. So you listen to podcasts, check it out.